I don't know if you do, do any reading, if, uh, if you've done much reading in the latter parts of Acts. I know sometimes we get in the first part of Acts and we get so enthralled in the miracles and the amazing things that God does through his, his disciples that we sometimes don't get to these parts of Acts. We're going to be in the latter part, starting around chapter 20 of Acts this morning. And uh, we're going to be active and alive in here because we're going to match what God's word is this morning. Amen. His word is alive and it is active and it is alive and active in this place this morning. So listen, there's going to be some times where we may be quiet in here. We're listening to the Lord say things to us. I would encourage you, encourage you, encourage you guys. I hope that in years to come, I'm not going to say this because it's just going to be a done thing. Like you, I see paper, I see pen, and you're writing some things down because there's some things that God is going to spark inside of you that I'm not even going to say in this place today. And he's going to spend some time with you this week as you're with him. And you and him are going to start to just take all these notes and you're going to journal this stuff down and you're going to put dates to it. Because I truly believe that God is moving. He is on the move. He is doing something inside of you. And I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes I forget the goodness of what God has done. And so we've got to write this stuff down. And so I'm going to say three words today, and I'm going to spend just a few minutes on these words. I'm going to say this word right here, misconception. All right? We're going to talk about that because some of us live out our Christian life out of or through misconception or misconceptions. All right? Listen, I may not even hit your misconception this morning. I may not hit anywhere even close, but I guarantee you, God, the Holy Spirit, this week you sitting with him, acknowledging his presence and you say something like this, hey God, what misconceptions do I live or base my life off of? And what's going to happen is he knows you so intimately and he loves you so much that he's going to say, hey, here's some misconceptions that you've caught that maybe some pastor has even said and you've picked up on it and you've based some of your life off of it. It may be some very good moms and dads or grandparents who, not with ill intention whatsoever, but they just said some things that we grabbed a hold of and it started to guide our life. It's a misconception. Second thing I'm going to say is basically two words. It's the light. The light. And then the last thing is this. It's a very powerful word, and it's the word choice. Because what God is doing, setting us up for here this morning is, is of him, and it's by him. And listen, it is for him. So we're going to dive right in here to the book of Acts. And we're going to talk about a misconception. And it's one that I believe is prevalent, maybe even here in this church. I know it's prevalent in our culture down here in the South, where everybody goes to church. But it's about being a Christian. It's about following Jesus. And a misconception can look like this if we're not careful. If we are not being led by God, the Holy Spirit. And I have to answer this question quite a bit. Why do you talk about the Holy Spirit so much in this church? My friends, you cannot live the Christ-following life apart from partnering with the Holy Spirit of God. You just can't do it. And so I have to tell you that the Holy Spirit of God is the one desiring to partner with us so that when these misconceptions are presented to us, 
we easily call them out as that is not truth. That is not the word of God and it does not line up. A misconception that we have sometimes fallen into the trap of is that if I follow Jesus Christ, if I give him my life, then things are going to go my way. Listen, I know that there are people in our culture and society today that give their life to Jesus because they need their way to be accomplished. And that's a misconception that I don't want anyone sitting in this room to fall under the darkness or the lie this morning. So I may be dispelling some of, some of your misconceptions. We do not follow Jesus Christ. We do not give him our life so that our way is had. Now the truth is, the light is, that we follow Jesus Christ. We give him our life and we are very content with God's way taking place. So I give my life to Jesus and I long for God's way. I long for it. So we dive into Acts chapter 20, the latter part, and listen to what Paul says in Acts chapter 20. And I'm just going to uh, go starting at verse 22. And it says this. And now, um, this is Paul speaking, compelled by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Notice it's capital S in Scripture. And now, compelled by the Holy Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I am so glad for that verse. I'm so thankful for that verse because I don't know about you, but I love Jesus. I am filled with the Holy Spirit, and I long for God's way. And there are often times in my life that I do not know what is going to happen. I just don't. But I'm thankful that Paul, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, recorded that. And I think there's a lot of people in this room hearing that, that a lot of weight can come off of your shoulders. Because maybe you have fallen under a misconception or a lie or darkness that says you've got to have everything figured out. You've got to know where it's coming. You've got to know what's next. You've got to know what time it's going to happen. And you've got to know. You've got to know. You've got to know. You've got to know. And my goodness, that would drive me crazy. I'm thankful for Paul being honest here under the influence of the Holy Spirit. He says, hey, guys, all I know is that God said do this and go there, and that's all I know. Some of you may be receiving freedom right now because all you know is what God has asked you to do, but you do not know what's on the other side. Paul says that all I know is that God told me to go to Jerusalem and not knowing what will happen to me there, verse 23, I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. Listen to this, verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. The 24th verse there basically is saying, Paul says, I do not consider my life worth one word. He knows that he is giving his life to Jesus. He is being led by God. And it is not to prosper Paul. It is to prosper God, his way, and his kingdom. And so Paul says, hey God, wherever you send me, I know that there is going to be resistance. I know that there is going to be people after me. There is going to be people who want to kill me, destroy me, and crush the God inside of me. But no matter what, God, I'm going to go complete that task. 
See, the misconception is that we follow Jesus, we obey God, and we move as the Holy Spirit leads us, and our way is had. No, that's not true. We obey God, we are filled and moved by the Holy Spirit out of love for Jesus, and God's way is accomplished. God's way is accomplished. I love this, and if you don't have time, maybe this week you'll get some time, but you'll be able to read through some of this. Because what our world today is doing, it's moving in such a direction, in such a focused pace. Our world is wanting to propel us. And if we're not careful, we'll get caught up in this. It will propel us too. It will move us into a direction where we seek nothing more than convenience. And so when we bump into a little resistance, you know what we say? Oh, that must not be God. And that's why we get so miffed at God. We get so angry and our temper gets so short and short and shorter with God because we run into a little tiny resistance or a great big resistance and we say, that must not be God. Because I know passages of Scripture like Romans 8, 23 or 28. Which one is it? It's Romans 8, 23, I think. Doesn't it say something about, I know that God is working all things together for the good of those who love him? It's 28. Thanks, Tori. I know this scripture. And when I bump into a little resistance or I bump into someone who doesn't care for me or I bump into a lie or I bump into whatever. God, you obviously are not working out this thing for me. But I want us to focus on one word. In this sentence, in this verse, for just a few minutes here this morning. And there's a lot, but the Holy Spirit has led me to focus on the word purpose. Purpose. Hey, my friends. He is not working all things together for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to my purpose or your purpose. But he is doing his thing for his purpose. You see, if Paul, as we're going to just really quickly read through, if Paul would have gone under the misconception that followed Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit for God, if he'd have done it and it said, if there's any resistance, if there's anything that is a struggle, then it must not be God. Paul would have never been the man that he was. I believe there are some of us in this place today that we've run into resistance, we've bumped into hardships, we've hit areas or seasons of our life, and we have questioned, is this God moving me? Is this God working in me? Have I not heard God correctly? I believe Satan wouldn't want anything more than you to start questioning yourself every turn you make. I'm going to tell you today, according to the Word, just because you and I run into hardship or difficult circumstances does not mean that you and I are not hearing God correctly. And we can read through the scripture. Where do you see that, Scott? I see it all through Paul's story. Look at it real quick. Acts 21. We're just going to go through a couple of these chapters so fast. 
Paul's being obedient. He goes to Jerusalem knowing he's going to have life beat out of him. In chapter 21, verse 27, he'd been there seven days. It says this. It says, some Jews from the province of Asia saw Paul at the temple. They stirred up the whole crowd and they seized him, shouting, men of Israel, help us. This is the man who teaches all men everywhere against our people and our law in this place. And besides, he's brought Greeks into the temple area and defiled the holy place. It says this, they had previously gone down to this verse 30. Verse 30, it says the whole city was aroused and the people came running from all directions, seizing Paul. Paul was just obeying. Paul was speaking the word of God. He was speaking the gospel to Jews and Gentiles alike. And it just caused this entire city to be an uproar. It says they seized Paul. They dragged him from the temple and immediately the gates were shut. Verse 31, while they were trying to kill him, news reached to the commander of the Roman troops that the whole city of Jerusalem was in an uproar. 32 says he at once took some officers and soldiers and ran down to the crowd where the rioters saw or when the rioters saw the commander and his soldiers, they stopped beating Paul. Verse 33, the commander came up and arrested him. Stop. I'm thinking to myself, Surely they stopped all these mean people from beating Paul, right? Surely they arrested some of these rioters, right? Surely this man of God is being protected and his ways are being laid out straight. Surely he's being protected. Thank God somebody came and arrested these bad people. That's not the case. You know who got arrested? Say it with me. Paul. Paul got arrested. God sent him to Jerusalem. He was spreading the gospel. He was talking about Jesus to Jews and to Gentiles alike. He didn't care who was listening, but he was telling them the good news of Jesus Christ. And they started beating him, seizing him, dragging him off. The police officers come, and somebody gets arrested, and it was Paul. Listen, it gets crazier. It says that they arrested him, verse 33, and he bound they bound Paul, they bind, bind Paul with two chains. Then he asked who he was and what he had done. Some in the crowd shouted one thing and some another. And since the commander could not get all the, at the truth because of the uproar, he ordered that Paul be taken into barracks. When Paul reached the steps, the violence of the mob was so great, he had to be carried by the soldiers. The crowd that followed him kept shouting away with him. And he's being obedient to God. See, if we're living under the lie or the darkness or misconception that we follow Jesus and then everything just makes its way and it's smooth and, hey, God, I love you. Amen, Jesus, I need my way. That is a misconception of modern-day Christianity. And, my friends, that's why some of us have such short-term memories when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. We come in here and we hear the Word. We hear this. We sing these songs. and Guys, listen, it is God and His presence in this place. But we have such short-term memories because we leave out of here and it's nice and controlled. We go out there and Monday hits us and we're all of a sudden wonder, why in the world is it lining up like this, God? Hey, listen, I know, man. We just stopped a four-week series talking about being generous with your money. I know some of the struggles that we have when it comes to our finances. 
And we sit here and in four weeks and we hear these testimony after testimony of God showing up in our financial situations. But we hit Monday and we're panicking, wondering how we're going to feed our children or pay our bills. How am I going to get a new set of tires on my car? How am I going to do this, God? I love you. You're supposed to be making everything good. That's why, listen, I love you guys. I love you. You hear me? I love you. But it's why you and I don't look any different from the world around us. Paul didn't look anything like the people around him. He was one person in a crowd of hundreds and maybe thousands. And he stood out like a sore thumb. I'm not trying to go and say, hey, we've got to be different for being different's sake. But if we're a Christ follower in this day and age, the light shines brightest in darkness. Church, listen. You are the light of the world. That's what Jesus said about you. Hey, guys, that's us. And I'm not trying to go cause a riot I'm not going to try to pick a fight. But when you walk into a space that is dark, the God in you is wanting to light up that space. No matter what they may think of you, say about you, do to you, they are wanting the light. They just don't realize it. Paul knew that these people needed the light. They didn't realize it, and Paul wasn't backing down. He was going to give it to him, even if it cost him his life. So Christians in the room, the misconception is not it's going to be easy and perfect. That's not it. The truth is that God has a purpose, and he is going to accomplish his purpose. Hey, Christ followers, I want to sign up for whatever that is, and let God do whatever he wants to do through me. My friends, that is what God is asking of us today. These stories go on. I could read for next hour about stories about Paul's life. In 22, in 23, in 24, I love this one. This is the craziest one. I've never heard of this in the modern day church. This is amazing. This will be one jacked up day if we ever get to this point. And if y'all ever get to this point in this church, just come to me and tell me, hey, dude, like time to go. Because I know that, listen, this is what happens. I'm in 23 verse 12. I want you to see it. This happened. It says the next morning, the Jews uh, formed a conspiracy and they bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. (laughs) that's serious they said to themselves I hate Paul so much and I hate the gospel and I hate the God in him that I'm not going to eat or drink until we kill him I I don't know how I don't know how much longer like if that was me if I was Paul and I knew that I'd run forever just so they'd starve to death (laughs) just that's this but they it says this in 13 it says more than 40 men were involved in this plot And they went to the chief priests and the elders and said, we've taken a solemn oath not to eat anything until we've killed Paul. Paul's bumping into resistance. 
And if he had been under the misconception that many of us happen to in this culture, in this day and age, Paul would have waved the white flag and quit a long time ago. Hey, church, listen, we're not able to wave the white flag and quit just because we bump up against some resistance. Just because we start maybe taking not a physical beating, but in the spiritual realm, we are taking some spiritual beatings and we don't get to quit. Hey, listen, I will stand in line and drink coffee with you all day and tell you war stories. I've got almost eight years at this church of war stories. And I will sit there and I will talk to you and I will tell you, yeah, it hurts. Yeah, sometimes I am as lone as anybody. Yeah, I want to quit. I want to go stock shelves at Dollar General because I have about a year's experience of doing that. Yeah, I want to do that. But listen, hey, Christ followers in the room, you don't get to give up. You don't get to. I know it's hard. You know why it's hard? Please cover the children's ears that are in this room that you don't want to have to explain this to. But do you want to know why it is hard? It is because hell is fighting against you. And hell hates the God in you. And so they cannot take the God out of us, but they can make it hell here on earth that you and I have to live through until we do see God in all of his glory. That's why it's so hard. And we don't get to wave the white flag. Paul didn't wave the white flag. I love it. They're getting ready to beat him. They're getting ready to flog him. You can read this. They are getting ready to beat him. And he just looks up at the beaters. I don't know if they had an official title or not, but he just looked up at them. And in Scripture, the way it was recorded here by Luke in Acts, Paul says it in the most confident, gentle voice. He basically said, hey guys, don't y'all understand that I'm a Roman citizen and you can't beat me because I'm a Roman citizen. (laughs) I want that confidence that when I run up into some resistance, I don't stop. I don't even have a day off. I don't have a bad even moment, an hour of thought of this is not what God's asking me to do. I'm not qualified. I'm not educated enough. I'm tired of those thoughts being fueled in my mind by Satan. What are yours that are coming at you in some of these hard, resistant moments? That's why I said a second ago, we've got to say it out loud because Satan cannot understand our thoughts. He doesn't read our minds. We need to tell him what some of those broken chains are. And I'm just exposing myself up here to you guys. and I, Unqualified, uneducated. But you know what God says to me every time I get ready to say that? Hey, dude, didn't you read early in Acts? The guys that I used were just ordinary, uneducated men. But the people around them, they took note. You know why they took note? Because they had been with Jesus. Guess who else had been with Jesus? Paul. Where? The Damascus Road. Remember my second word was light? Guess what? Jesus appeared to Paul on the Damascus Road while Paul was going to sin like a professional. You hear me? Paul was going to murder people just like you. He was looking for men and women, it even says in Scripture, and he was going to grab even the women and put them in prison and kill them if he needed to. And then on that road, the Damascus Road, Jesus appeared to him. So if you want to think to yourself, how how can I keep going? How how can I not wave the flag? How can I not just be a Christian on Sundays? 
How can I not just be a Christian when things are going easy? Listen, I know I struggle with the same thing. How can you and I do that? Is that we have to be constantly exposed to the light. Some of those misconceptions or lies that you base yourself and beat yourself up with right now. I want you to say, you don't have to say it out loud. You can if you want. Hey, God, would you expose those lies right now? Would you expose those misconceptions? Would you expose them to your light? Think about some of those lies and the misconceptions that are just destroying you. Hey, God, expose them to your light. That's what happened with Paul. How was Paul able to do what he did? Take a beating for something that he didn't even do. How was he able to do it? It's because Jesus had exposed him to the truth. And you know this story. If you don't know the story, you can read it. It's right here in the book of Acts. Several times over in the book of Acts, Paul tells a story. He says, now I was on the road to Damascus and all of a sudden this bright light was in front of me. And I knew that it was the Lord. I don't know how I knew it, but I just did. And it was Jesus standing in front of him. And the light was so great that it blinded his physical eyes. I want you to look at this with me right here in Acts chapter 26. Turn to Acts chapter 26. I want you to see this. I love this. How, Paul? Paul says, here's how. Acts 26. I'll start at just verse 15 just for our sake this morning. He said, then I asked, who are you, Lord? And the Lord replied, he says, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. Verse 16, he says, now get up and stand on your feet. Did you hear Jesus just say that to Paul? See, a lot of times I've not read that scripture that often. I always usually stop on the earlier story of Paul in Acts. But Jesus just told him, and I honestly believe the same is true for many of us in this room today. Hey, listen, Jesus, I think, had some authority in his voice when he said that. Paul's laying down. He's knocked down because of God's presence. And he's down, and I believe Jesus looked at him and said, Hey, Paul, it's time to stand up. Get on your feet. I think he had some authority in his voice. And then he goes on and he gives Paul his mission. He's like, listen up, Paul. Listen, you've been killing Christians. That's not going to be your course anymore. You know why? Because that is not my purpose. This is God speaking. He says, hey, Paul, that's not going to be your course anymore because that is not my purpose. Do you know what my purpose is, he said? He said that you go tell every Jew and every Gentile the goodness of who I am. That's my purpose. So get up on your feet and stand up. So I believe that for every lie, misconception, or whatever you want to call it, there is a moment, and I believe that moment for some of us is in this room today, that it is exposed to the light. Going from there, Paul had a choice. Going from here today, every single one of us has a choice. Because I know that God is wanting to expose and he is wanting to reveal truth and light to every single person in this room. 
So three things. Don't y'all hate it when preachers do that? You're like, my goodness, man, it's 12.15 already. You're getting ready to go into three more points? No, they're real quick. We're going to pray. Here's the thing. I believe there are people in this room. I believe there are people in this room that have been knocked down. Some of you are down right now. Oh, you don't look like, because we're down here in this culture that we live in. You know what we got to do? We got to look like we've got it all together. We got to look like we're on our feet, moving in glory of the Lord, even though we actually don't. And we've done a very good job of conditioning ourselves to have it looking like we got it all together. Listen, can I tell you something in the kingdom of God? There is no such thing as fake it till you make it. That's a lie from the enemy. You know what I see going all around? Is I see people faking it until they have affairs. I see people faking it until they have mental breakdowns. I see people faking it until they're alcoholics. I see people faking it until they have so many things in their life that they decide that ending their life would be the best thing to do. That's what I see. So can I just be very clear? We're in a place that is God's house. His presence resides here. He resides in your house and in your car and at your workplace. And when you're on the golf course, he's there. God is everywhere. But we are together, unified in this place, worshiping his son Jesus right now. And I would like to say... That as the days and months and weeks turn into years, we're going to be in a place where you can be faking it, but you can't make it. That you can fake it, be called out in reality, and be loved to life. That's what I desire. And so if you're down, knocked out, you're not on your feet, you're hurt, or you can name whatever word you want to name. What God is saying to you today is he is saying, Hey, child, son of mine, daughter of mine, stand up on your feet. Get up, because I have a purpose for you. It's time to stand up.